Welcome to the Healthy You Gatherings podcast. We are told in John 16, that we will have troubles, and Jesus confirms that by saying, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Healthy You Gatherings allows us to come together and explore complex and difficult topics. Find benefit in learning from the one who's overcome the world, who understands that a biblical perspective will help us find peace amidst life's everyday issues. Hey everybody, welcome to another podcast, another installment of Healthy You Gatherings. Uh, And today we're going to be talking about probably one of my favorite topics to discuss, and that is brain balance. And a lot of information has come out probably in the last 20 years, specifically the last 10 years, about uh, neurobiology, how the brain works. Um, And so some of this is evolving, uh, and I understand that, but I wanted to... um, kind of talk about this topic because I think it helps us get more awareness of maybe how we're wired and how we think and how we feel. And so, uh, as always, um, this is not an exhaustive um, research into the topic, but I think it's going to be helpful um, to all of us. And um, you want to take a look at your uh, PowerPoint because I'll be uh, going through the slides um, And uh, as we talk through um, uh, our topic today, so slide two, what do we hope to learn today? Three things. One, we want to identify the two sides of the brain. That's not going to be very difficult. Uh, Two, we want to understand how the two sides of the brain work. And that could go on for hours. Uh, But again, we'll do a, a, a little bit of that. And three, we want to develop a plan for integrating both sides of the brain. A lot of you have uh, may have some prior knowledge or vocabulary about being left-brained, right-brained. And while some of that is true, what we do not want to do is use that as an excuse not to be more balanced or to be able to be more of a thinker if you're a big feeler uh, or be more of a feeler if you're a thinker. So slide three, Oxford describes the brain as this. It says it's an organ of soft nervous tissue that's contained in the skull which that's good, of vertebrates, of which we are, functioning as the, and here are your four words you really want to pay attention to, the coordinating center. So we want to know that the brain is coordinating things, and it is the coordinating center of our sensations, our intellectual, and our nervous activity. And so when you look at those three areas, sensations, Uh, intellectual, how we think. And nervous activity does not mean that you're nervous as much as your nervous system, okay? And so as we take a look at the brain and how we balance it, you really want to keep those three three things in mind. Uh, Slide four is just a picture of the brain, as you can see the two sides. And um, what we're going to do as far as a working definition, slide five, the two slides of the brain. Uh, The left side of the brain is more logical, and more rational, whereas the right side of the brain is more creative and artistic. Uh, slide six and seven, I think, will be helpful to you because there are some um, words there that maybe will resonate with you, so feel free to uh, check those or highlight those if you've got a um, you know paper copy of, of it. Um, but when you look at slide six and you look at the, the left side of the brain, you see things like detail-oriented, 
practical, um, sequential, analytical, objective, strategic, like language, science skills, looking for patterns, um, ruled by facts, possibly good at math. And so if those words are resonating with you um, or you've been told those things before, then you, you probably are what they would call left side dominant. It doesn't mean that the other side's not working. It just means this is your default. You are going to uh, move to the left a little bit. And we absolutely need people who are left side dominant. Um, you know, for me, I'm a little bit more right-sided, uh, so it's good to have people who are left-side dominant around me because they're detail-oriented, and they're more objective, and they're more strategic. Uh, they love order. Now, I do like those things, um, but I'm definitely not as detail-oriented as maybe um, some of my friends who are more left-brain. Uh, as you go to slide seven, you'll see the right side of the brain, and uh, here are some of the words that come with that, um, reading emotions, uh, being philosophical, maybe being musical, um, maybe being imaginative, uh, being creative, um, having intuition. When you make decisions, there's this gut feeling of where to go. Um, you may see the big picture, whereas those who are left-brained are more about the details. The right side of the brain is looking more at, well, what's this thing look like? What's the potential of this thing? Whereas the left side of the brain might say, well, we've got to be objective and we've got to be realistic. So, for instance, you're going to buy your first car, say you're 16 years old, and you have seen... Um, videos and pictures of, let's say, a Camaro. And so you've already got it picked out like it's going to be red and it's going to have fire shooting down the sides and I'm going to have these kinds of tires and this exhaust system. And you are like visualizing what this thing is going to look like and you are excited. You are like, I can't wait to you know put my own uh, music into this car. I'm going to change the speakers out. And you've just got this like... I'm on cloud nine. But your parents who are helping you with this decision are talking about how much you're going to have to pay per month. And they're talking about you being reasonable. Um, and what you find is you find a clash. And so a lot of times what happens is, is the, the right in this scenario, the uh, right brain person feels misunderstood, don't feel like they're listened to. Um, and the left side of the brain, or in this case, the parents, they're feeling like their 16-year-old son or daughter is not well-grounded enough, and so therefore they shouldn't have any kind of car, right? And you can see where conflict can occur between people uh, who are uh, dominant on one side or the other if we don't learn how to kind of come to the middle and not only recognize differences in each other, but to also um, acknowledge them and appreciate them because we need both of these, right? Because um, you could, at 16, you could make a really poor decision that's going to keep you uh, in debt. But at the same time, if you never take a chance, if you're always safe and cautious, then you may miss out on opportunities that could come your way. 
Um, so let's take a look at a, at a scripture, I think, that does a really good job of using both sides of the brain. And this is uh, starting in slide eight. Uh, it's called God's Guidance. And this is Psalm 42, verses one through four. And this is the ESV version. Now I'm going to read not only verses one through four, but I'm also going to read um, five through seven and then eight through 11. And that's slide 9 and 10. And then I'm going to come back to the beginning and kind of go through it. So I'm just going to read it straight through first. So this is what David says. He says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts of songs and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down on my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God." My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan of Hermon, from Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and all your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now, what's great about this scripture is that you see both sides of the brain being engaged. If you go back to um, slide eight, David is saying that his soul thirsts for God. So he's uh, definitely um, on the right side of his brain. He's more emotional here. He's saying, um, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Very emotional, um, not being objective, not being reasonable. He's just pouring out his heart, and that's okay, because we need to have those moments where we just kind of get it out, right? And that's kind of what he's doing at the beginning, okay? And then he says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. So again, he's he's got a little bit of the analytical side, but most of what he's doing is he's saying, okay, I'm pouring out my soul. And then he starts to remember the good times, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. So he's he, he starts to remember the good things about God. And then in uh, slide nine, which is um, verse five, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? I'm going to come back to those questions in, in a bit. That's a great question to ask yourself. And even, you know, if you can do it with somebody, with a friend, accountability partner, mentor, that's great. But if you're by yourself and you're in a bad place, as he is, he's saying, okay, why, why am I feeling this way? 
not just, well, I'm going to get out all my feelings, you know, like you hear this phrase about people being in their feels um, or being in their feelings. He's doing that. But then look at the next, the next phrase. He says, hope in God. So now he's talking to himself in a more objectionable, more reasonable way. He says, I will praise him because he's my salvation and he's my God. But he doesn't deny what's happening. He says, my soul is cast down within me. So he acknowledges where he is. He's not just getting rid of all of it. And then he says, therefore, I will remember you. So he's saying, okay, God, I I feel this way, but I'm going to remember you. And then as we go back to uh, slide 10, and we're looking at verse 8, he starts talking about how God has a steadfast love for him and that God is with him. But then he says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Now, has God forgotten David? No. Does it feel like God has forgotten him? Yes. Because the next phrase, why do I go mourning? Well, because of the oppression of my enemy. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, and they all say to me all day long, where's your God? So he's acknowledging, okay, this is kind of what's causing me to feel the way I'm feeling. What's interesting is where's his focus? His focus is not on God. His focus is more on his adversaries and more on his pain. And then he says again in verse 10 and 11, why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? So he is, again, acknowledging it. And then he comes back to the answer, which is hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now, some people would say, man, he's kind of going crazy because he's going back and forth. If we're honest, I think we probably all do that to some extent. Now, we may lean more towards the left or lean more towards the right. But here's something that you can do if you are struggling, okay? If you go to verse 11, and I simply entitled this slide, Which Side Am I On? This will help you figure out which side of the brain you're leaning towards. Um, The right side will answer the question, what am I feeling, And am I connected to the feeling? So for people who have large vocabularies of emotions, um, they're going to like this question. So if you ask someone, hey, what are you feeling? And they can give you a thesaurus of words that describe all their feelings. Now, people who are more left-brained, if you ask them what they're feeling, they might have like four words, like mad, glad, sad, bad, and that might be it. Now, what you'll hear a lot is that men are mostly left-sided and that women are most rightly right-sided. Um, I think that's more of a stereotype and not necessarily true. And I think it depends on the topic because there are some things that um, you could be leaning more towards the left and other sides you could be leaning more towards the right. But if you're dealing with a situation you can start with, okay, what am I feeling? And even if big words don't come to you, it's okay. So if you can imagine on a piece of paper, do a T-chart, just draw a line down the middle of the page uh, from top to bottom, and then at the very top uh, from left to right. And on the left side, you could write feelings, and on the right side, you could write um, logic. Or on the left side, you could write, what am I feeling? And on the right side, why am I feeling this way? Because that's how you balance. That's going to be the second part of this is you're going to say, 
after you say, what am I feeling? And then asking yourself, am I connected to the feeling? The left side of the brain is, why am I feeling this way? Basically, am I able to understand why I'm feeling that way? So, perfect example. You're driving in the car, you're on Woodruff Road here in Greenville, and someone cuts you off. Well, what are you feeling? Most likely, you're feeling anger. And are you connected to it? Oh, yeah, because it's 5 o'clock on a Friday, okay? But here's the question that most people don't really answer. Why am I feeling that way? Now, some people would say, well, I'm feeling that way because that guy cut me off. Okay. Ask yourself again the question. So he cut me off. This other person cut me off in traffic. That's why I'm feeling that way. Okay. So when I think about the fact that they cut me off, why, what am I feeling? And you may go back and forth several times before you get a little deeper than just he cut you off. Because is that something that could cause a momentary uh, emotion of anger? Absolutely. If it continues and 20 minutes later you're still talking about it, then something else is going on. And you are processing it much more on your right side than your left side. So what could happen is, is you could start saying, okay, what am I feeling? Well, I'm feeling anger. Well, why am I feeling that way? Now it goes into, well, he almost caused a wreck, and I have my family in the car, and I care about them, and I don't want to see them get hurt. Okay. So now the anger has a little more depth to it than just, hey, this guy cut me off in traffic, right? Or let's use another example. You're, you're having a conversation with um, you know, a spouse, a significant other, and you kind of have this, like, burning in your chest because there's this disagreement. Okay, well, what am I feeling? Well, I'm feeling um, sad. Okay, well, why am I feeling that way? Well, because my significant other doesn't understand me. Okay, and so how does that make you feel? Well, it makes me feel like uh, invisible. Okay, are you connected to that? Yes. Okay, so why are you feeling that way? Because I want to be connected to my significant other. And so what happens is, as you are using both sides of your brain, as you're integrating your brain, what you're doing is you're keeping yourself from going too far to the right or too far to the left. Because if all you ever do is focus on how you feel and you never use logic, then what's going to happen is is you're going to be an emotional wreck, if you want to use that phrase, because you're always emotional. If you go all the way to the left and you go, I'm cutting off all emotion and I'm just going to deal with logic, then what's happening is you're, you're so detached from your emotions that you're going to have a hard time connecting with other people. Now, what causes some of this to happen? If you go to slide 12... Trauma and neglect are big determinants of our brain becoming disintegrated, okay? And when you look at that phrase, and I broke down the word dis, D-I-S, means to, like, come apart. And so what we want is we want our left and our right side brain to work together, so we want integration. But if we get disintegration, it doesn't mean that it can't be fixed, but we do need to have more awareness of what's happening. And a lot of that is... You've, you've had some trauma in your life. You've had some maybe unresolved conflict. You've had neglect. There's been abuse. There's been something. And it doesn't have to be major stuff, although it certainly could. Because what happens with trauma and neglect is the integration of your emotions and your logic aren't given a chance to come together. Like, have you ever had um, a situation where you just kind of ended the conversation and there was no resolution? 
and you just kind of moved on and you just kind of acted like it never happened. You, there's some disintegration because of that because now there's an unresolved conflict. Um, and when that happens, you're either going to move to your left or your right. You're either going to become very emotional about it. And every time you think about it, it brings tears to your eyes or it makes you angry or it makes you kind of sad. Or you float over to the left and you're saying, eh, I'm just not going to think about it. And every time it comes up, I'm just going to um, be very um, logical about it. And so neither one of those is good. We want to have both, okay? And the way that that happens is through healing, which again, healing can come if, um, you know, like if my wife and I have a disagreement and we come back together and we resolve it, there's some healing there and there's some connectedness, right? And it's possible those of you listening may have relationships that uh, either the person has passed on or the relationship is broken and there's no way to get in touch with someone. And so this healing and the connectedness may not happen with the person that you had the issue with. It could happen in a community of, of other people. It could be with a counselor, a mentor, a pastor. Uh, and obviously it can certainly happen with God. And so I want to give you um, several uh, scriptures to think about. And maybe meditate on and maybe go to the Lord with. Uh, and if you look at slide 13, uh, Psalm 147.3 said he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. So again, if you find yourself in a situation where you, you feel like, uh, you know, it's unresolved and I'm, I'm really not healing well from this. I'm just super emotional or I'm not feeling any emotions. Maybe you go to God and you say, hey, Lord you're going to heal the brokenhearted and you're going to bind up my wounds. So again, imagining that you're going to the doctor, you know, and the doctor is putting your wrist in a sling or a cast or a wrap. It's kind of what's happening with God in this moment where you're saying, hey, I, I need help with this. Kind of like David, you know, going to the Lord very honestly. Um, verse uh, four, excuse me, Proverbs 17, 22, which is uh, slide 14, a cheerful heart is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Um, having community, having some people around you, you know, pay attention to what you are ingesting. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you eating? What are you drinking? How are you spending your time? All those things matter. Um, and a cheerful heart can come from spending time with people that care about you. And it can certainly come from spending time um, with the Lord. Um, slide 15 is Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. It says two are better than one uh, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. So that's a good question to ask yourself. Do I, do I have anybody? You know, do I have what I call those 2 a.m. friends? Do I have uh, people uh, or do I have people that I feel like I could could lean on? Um, doesn't have to be forever, but, you know, we all uh, have moments where, like this says, where maybe we fall and we need help getting back up. And it may change the relationship you have with someone because if you're real left or real right-brained, um, this may be an adjustment. Um, so, like, for instance, if you are uh, very logical and you're very left-brained, um, you might have to 
talk to a friend or a spouse and say, hey, I need to I need to find words that kind of help describe what I'm feeling. And and this is what I say mostly to men uh, when I've counseled before is that you don't have to necessarily have a vocabulary, but if you can describe what's happening using your own words, um, that's kind of like getting in touch with the right side of your brain. So for instance, Sometimes when people are, are describing rejection, they can't find words, but they could say, I have this feeling in the pit of my stomach, or I have a burning sensation in my chest, or I just feel my neck getting really tight, or my face is flushed. Those, those are ways that your body is trying to express emotion. And so your ability to tap into that, even if the words are still, like I said before, mad, glad, bad, and sad, are you connected to it? And, you know, if you're not really good at being logical, but you're real good at being emotional, you may need some help from someone to look at things objectively. You know, one phrase I use a lot of times is when somebody has a a very strong opinion about something and they're really emotional, I'll say, is it possible? And I'll give another um, scenario, you know, is it possible that... Um, you know, that when that person cut you off in traffic, that they never saw you. Sometimes people say, well, they did it on purpose. Okay, how's that feel? I feel disrespected and, you know, they're dangerous. They shouldn't even have a driver's license. And I'll say, you know, is it possible that they didn't see you? Well, it's possible, but I doubt it. Okay, can we just talk about that for a moment? If it is possible that they didn't see you, would you think that would change how you felt? And you're giving pause, right? You're you're giving some time for some of that integration to occur. And it doesn't have to happen on a grand scale in order for it to be impactful. We just have to get started. Um, and then I think, you know, 3 John 1, 2 is probably one of my favorite verses, and this is slide 16. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. And your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And your brain has a very um, important part to play in that. And so what we did when we were um, having this hug in person, I did this little brain teaser thing and I left it at the end of your PowerPoint. This is just a fun way to try to get your uh, brain to integrate. Um, Slide 17 says, when you see the word and you get to see some words, say out loud the color of the word. And so it's interesting, and I'll just give you a little a bit of a um, warning. It, it can get a little frustrating at first because you're going to see a word that is a color word, like a yellow, a purple, blue, green, red, but it's going to be in a different color. So the first one, I'll do that one, and then, then I won't do the rest, but it's the word yellow, but the color of it is red. And so what happens is when you see yellow and you want to say out loud yellow, but your brain goes, wait a minute, the color of the word is red, even though the word itself is yellow. And so that's a that's kind of a little fun way to try to integrate your um, your left and your right side of your brain. But going back to what I said earlier, the, the T-chart on a piece of paper where on one side you have emotions and feelings, like what you're feeling, and the right side answering the questions why is a really easy way. It's a good way to balance. Um, and what you would love to do is be able to do it in the moment. 
But even if you have to process things afterwards, that's a really good uh, exercise that you and somebody um, that maybe you're having a disagreement with a spouse, a significant other, a friend, parents and uh, children, giving it some time and then being able to come back together and get some mutual understanding and respect of each other of like, oh, that's how you came across that. Um, so anyway, I think that'll be a, a good start if you're interested in, in um, the uh, left and right brain. Um, you know, feel free to give us a buzz here at um, Care Ministries and, and here at the end, um, you'll be able to get in touch with us. We have our email as well as uh, our phone number. And uh, so with that, I want to go ahead and pray for you. And I want to thank you for uh, spending some time with me this afternoon or whenever it may be uh, when you're listening to it. And so with that, let's go ahead and pray. God, we uh, thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for um, what you have given us, our understanding of the brain. And, and Lord, I just pray that for every person listening, that you'll give them awareness of how they're made and that you'll give them um, not only an appreciation of how you made them, uh, but accepting, uh, but also realizing that we all grow and we all have opportunities to grow. And so, Lord, help us to grow in both our logic and in our emotion, because we need both. And uh, I thank you that you made us with that as we're made in your image. And so, um, God, I pray that you'll give us opportunities to practice. And as we do, that we will sense you leading and guiding and directing us. And Jesus, as always, we thank you for your sacrifice, uh, for allowing us to have a relationship with you uh, and our Father and the Spirit. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So God bless you guys and uh, have a great day. Thanks again for listening to Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you would like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355 or email us at careministries at brookwoodchurch.org. To find out more about what Care Ministries offers, please visit www.brookwoodchurch.org care. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.